Hey, this is Britt Vargas, and I am the High School Ministry Associate Director at Calvary Community Church here in Westlake Village, California. And this is our HSM podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out today. I hope this encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. So great to be here. It is a privilege and an honor to be with the amazing leadership team you guys have here at High School Student Ministry at Calvary and to share this stage with Pastor Aaron, especially on a day like today when we are in celebration and remembrance of his brother Isaiah. And uh, I am going to talk tonight a little bit about a topic that I think will penetrate all of us. So tonight may be one of those nights where we get deep with each other. And and I want to ask your permission, if that's okay. I want to get deep with you tonight, and I want to be super real. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Brian Berman. I'm a missionary in the Dominican Republic. I've lived there for 15 years, and I hope to have all of you or a lot of you come and visit us this summer, and you can come and be a guest in my home. I'm originally from Simi Valley, so I kind of feel like I'm at my home turf, so this is wonderful. And I just want to talk to you guys again tonight about um, this series that you've been in is an incredible series, and it's a very important series Uh, to be talking about. It's okay not to be okay. And now, I don't know if you've ever had a bad day or or you're just thinking that, man, what can I do? I'm just not okay. And tonight, we're going to talk about a very important topic. We're going to talk about anxiety and what does anxiety look like. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 5. Allow me to take out my Bible on my phone. 1 Peter chapter 5. Please allow me just to read it with you as we get into this. 1 Peter 5, chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. Here we go. It says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders. Pay attention because we are all here, are younger. Submit yourself to your elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud, but he shows favor on the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Here we go. Pay attention in verse 7. Cast all of your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in faith. Because he knows that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Verse 10, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered for a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Anxiety. If you look at verse 7, it clearly says the word anxiety. Now, maybe you're saying, well, that's not me. I'm not an anxious person. I'm pretty chill. But if you look at the original scriptures and you break down what is being said here, what was originally written down, the word anxiety can be translated to many different words. Depression. Fear. Worry, feeling of anxiousness, a lack of knowing what's going to happen, concerned. Does any of these words touch you? 
Have you ever felt at a time depressed or worried or concerned or anxious not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring? In Proverbs, verse 20, verse 12, uh, Proverbs 12, verse 25, it clearly says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. So let's unpack this thing tonight. Let's unpack why this is important for us. Let's look at the who, what, where, when, and how of anxiety and understanding that it's okay not to be okay. You see, I'm probably the perfect person to be sharing this sermon with you this evening. The reason is I'm the least qualified to be here on this stage. I am an ordinary person that God is using to do extraordinary things. And I will tell you that to be able to be up here and to share with you parts of my life and things that I have gone through where I've been depressed, where I've been anxious, where I've had fear, where I've gotten myself in too deep, I hope will bring hope to you that you are not alone and that you can overcome anxiety. So who suffers from it? Who suffers from it? Let's go right back to the scripture and let's look at verse 9. What does verse 9 says? It says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers, here we go, throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. Here's the reality, friends. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a believer or not. Everyone, at some time or another, will suffer from anxiety. Every one of us will suffer from depression, fear, worry, nervousness. You are not alone. And you are not abnormal or weird when you're suffering from anxiety. It clearly says that everyone at some point will suffer from anxiety. So if you're following along with me, we've understand the what anxiety is. Now we've talked about the who suffers from anxiety. So the question that is begged is why? Why do we suffer from anxiety? Why? And this is where I want to ground our time tonight. Why do we suffer from anxiety? I'm going to hit you between the eyes with why. The reason we suffer from anxiety is because, hear me clearly, we think we have a better answer and more control of our life than God himself. We think and we trust ourselves better to resolve the situation than God Almighty. Sit on that for a minute. Do you understand when you are anxious, you're worried, you're depressed about something, it's because you're saying, I have the answer, I have the control, I know what's best for me better than God does. The man, the person that created the universe and put all the stars in the sky, created you perfectly, I know more than him. I know myself better. I know the solution. I trust me more than God. Now, that may sound very difficult to hear, but the reality is, is when we are feeling anxious and depressed and worried and with fear, we are saying, God, I don't trust you as much because I can do it better on my own. 
when we say this, it brings up one word. And the word is pride. The word is pride. Pride is one of the most difficult things for us to deal with. And you may say, well, wait a minute. I'm not a proud person. I'm, I'm very humble and kind of quiet. I'm not proud. But if you feel that you have the answer and trust in yourself more than God, I would submit to you that pride is entering in. And typically, pride is the root and the cause of many of our sufferings. Matter of fact, it says in Scripture, if you look right there, it says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction. What does pride lead to? Destruction. Not a bump in the road. Destruction. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall, meaning somebody that's boastful or prideful eventually will soon take the fall. Just a little bit before that verse, also in Proverbs 16, the Lord detests all of the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Pride will take us down. And when we're saying to God that we have the answer, that we trust in ourselves more than you, we are standing up with a prideful heart. Do you agree? A prideful heart will lead to destruction. Maybe you're at that point. Maybe that prideful heart has driven you to that point of destruction and you've lost friendships, you've lost relationships, you are sad, you are introverted, you're pulling yourself in. Maybe you're feeling depressed. Maybe this anxiety and you just don't know how to get over it. Do you know a statistic? The statistics that are latest, pu latest published from the statistics on, on health and mental services, 42% of North Americans, that's United States and Canada, 42% of us take a pill every day for mind-altering assistance. Antidepressants, anxiety medication, some type of medicine one in almost every two of us. Maybe that's you. And maybe that's not you, but you say, well, I have a greater appreciation that this is a serious topic to consider. 42% of people are trying to figure out how to overcome anxiety, depression, fear, worry. So that leads us to the how. Don't we want to know how? Is there a formula, biblically based, that God himself, written in the scriptures, has given us? Or do we need to rely on the big pharmaceutical companies to do it for us? I'd like to share a story about me a little bit. Some anxiety that I went through. I spent most of my life all of my life before I moved to the Dominican, here, Simi Valley. I did student ministries for a long time, and I loved it. I was very successful at it. I love talking in front of you. I love hanging out with you. I made lots of friends. I had mentorship groups. And then I had the opportunity for the first time to go to the Dominican Republic. Boy, that one-week mission trip changed my life. And I encourage you, if you're thinking about a mission trip to Uganda, to the Dominican Republic, get the information packets and sign up for that application. Tonight is the deadline. It literally changed my life. Here's the deal. 
I was on a very successful career at a very young age. I had a house in Simi, a house in Big Bear. I had motorcycles and cars and boats. I had all the money that I could ever need. I had lots of friends. I was on the trajectory of success according to this world. And I went on a one-week mission trip, and guess what? I left all of that behind, every single thing to move to the Dominican Republic and become a full-time missionary. A mission trip will change your life. And here's the deal. In April 2007, I went down to the Dominican Republic, and I went down with a prideful heart. I was successful. I was successful in business. I was successful in ministry. I loved working with students. And I thought, I'll just go to the Dominican Republic and do what? Be successful. And guess what happened? Six weeks into being in the Dominican Republic, I realized something. I had what they call the famous missionary breakdown. I'm living in the Dominican Republic. I'm living down an alleyway in a little 100 square foot space, almost the size of a jail cell. My running water barely works. My electricity barely works. I don't speak a word of Spanish. After six weeks, I had learned a few things, but I always had to go with the translator. And I would go down the street and I would talk to someone. I'd say, hi, how you doing? And the translator would say, I said, I said all of that? And I never knew if the translator was truly translating correctly. And after six weeks, the pressure built and built and built. I was failing. I wasn't successful. My stress, my anxiety, turning into depression, my fear. God, I'm here to serve. I need to be able to talk to these people. No matter how hard I tried, it wasn't happening. So I hit my knees. After six weeks of being there, I came home, I was wearing shorts, and I just put my knees down on the floor. Cold tile, we don't have carpet in the Dominican. And I just started praying. I said, dear God, I am here, Lord, to serve you. Would you please give me the gift of Spanish? And I started praying. And as I started praying, well, it turned into lamenting. And now there's tears streaming down my face. God, please. Here's how the story folds out. I prayed myself to sleep that night. <clears throat> It was probably one of the first times in my life that I truly surrendered everything and trusted with God. Now, I had been a believer for many years. I had gone to church. I was baptized. I was preaching and speaking. But at that moment, I had surrendered everything. Well, the next morning, I woke up. I went across the street to the dorm where we get breakfast. And my three favorite Dominican ladies, Jessica, Marisol, and Carmen, were cooking breakfast like they always do for the missionaries. And usually we would play charades, and I learned a few words like huevos and pan and some hot chocolate. And that's how I would order my breakfast. And that morning, they were staring at me, just a dead stare. And I said, what's going on? And finally, after what seemed like forever, one of them said, you're speaking Spanish. And we realized in that moment, I literally woke up overnight, all the glory to God, it's all Him. After just six weeks of being there, I woke up speaking fluent Spanish. And that day I went all up and down Calle Dos, 2nd Street, 
where I had been preaching and learning relationships and meeting people, and the whole community was in an uproar. They couldn't believe what had happened. Now, that is a pretty amazing story, and I share that to you to explain that we have an amazing God. And in my time of depression and anxiety, when I said, I can do this, I'm a success, I'm so smart, I'll do it, it didn't work. And yet, here I gave it to God. And in this case, I surrendered everything and God came and met me where I'm at. How? How can we submit our anxiety to him? Verses 5 through 7 give us the perfect formula. Let's unpack this, and I, I want you to also get this part, because this is the good news. This is the good news of how. Verses 5 through 7 boil it down to one word. Humility. You're saying, what, is it, what, what does humility have to do with anxiety? What does pride have to do with anxiety? Verses 5 through 7, we're going to unpack, and you're going to see that a humble spirit brings a connection. Humility. Here's the plan. Verse 5, submit to authority. All authority has been placed. And God says that in that authority, even if it's a bad authority, in that authority, we are to submit to authority. Now, I know. I'm not that much older than some of you. I know that's tough. We've got a lot of authority in our lives. And guess what? It get, only gets more and more and more as you get older. Submitting to authority is huge. Look at what it says in verse 5. Verse 5 says clearly, and they're speaking to you and to me. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. Elders of the church, those that are more mature, your authority. All of you clothe yourselves in humility towards one another. So, number one, I want you to submit to authority. Number two, in verse six, understand God is in control, we are in his hands. I'll give you a hint. If you think you know more than God, you're incorrect. God knows you. He breathed life into you. He created you. And by the way, he created you perfectly as sons and daughters. Do you know that? Has anyone told you that today? You are a perfect creation. Perfect. God created you exactly how he wanted you. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make mistakes. He creates perfect things. Now, that doesn't mean you are perfect. As a human being, because of the sin and the fall, we have sin in our lives which draws us apart from God, which draws us apart from perfection. But you are created exactly how God wanted you. It literally says that we are created in the image and likeness of God. We are his sons and daughters. Think about that. We are being called the son and daughter of the creator of this universe the supreme authority, no one greater, no one more majestic, no one more incredible or perfect, and that's dad. It is an incredible relationship. We are in God's hands. 
There is nothing, nothing that God cannot overcome. And when we call God into our lives, and for those of us that have accepted the resurrection, the, the, the uh, uh, crucifixion, resurrection, and burial of Jesus Christ and as our Savior and as our Lord, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We know that God himself is walking right next to us. Verse 7 gives us the final step. If you look at verse 7, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him. Cast what anxiety? All. All. Not just the big anxiety. Not just the anxiety that's really giving you uh, concern or suffering. All. Is that freeing to you? Is that freeing? Well, maybe let me break it down this way, and then I'll ask the question again. The word cast... Cast all your anxiety. The word cast in the original scripture literally means to bag up. Bag up all of your anxiety, tie it off with a rope, and throw it. Not set it, not give it. Bag it up and throw it. How many of you would like to bag up and throw some of your anxiety? That's literally what the translation is telling us to do. Get rid of it, bag it up, throw it to God. And, and why? Why? Because look at the end of the, of the verse. Because he cares for you. He cares for you. You are not lost. You are not unidentified. You are not by yourself. He cares for you. Anxiety is a big topic that so many mixed messages come to us from society, from movies, from social media. Everybody seems to have the answer. But over 2,000 years ago, from God himself, the scriptures gave us the answer. I want to share another story with you. As a missionary... We love to host teams when they come down. And there's an unwritten rule of missionary that when the teams come down, we do everything to take care of the behind-the-scenes stuff so that you don't have to worry about it, and it looks just, like, perfect. But guess what? We're not perfect. Not even close. And one day, we were in a community called Cienfuegos. If you're coming down in July, you'll be able to go to this community. And there we were. We were ready to distribute water filters. A community that has no running water, the way that they get their water is the rain comes down on their tin roof. By the way, that tin roof is usually rusted, has bird poop or dirt or whatever else on there. The water runs through that and they catch it into a barrel and that's their drinking water, their bathing water, their cooking water. Do you know that waterborne illness around the world is one of the top killers of people? I grew up maybe like you. I, I drink water out of the hose here. Do you know we use fresh drinking water to wash our cars? Your sprinklers, when you water the grass, is fresh drinking water. That doesn't happen in most of the world. 
certainly not in Cienfuegos. But by the grace of God, we were able to figure out this system called a filter of hope, and we partnered with this ministry that creates these filters so that we can distribute them and pour contaminated water into a bucket, and then it filters out, and it's perfectly drinkable and safe. How cool is that? Do you know that, thankfully, because of this filter, almost a 1,000 families have a clean water system in their home? We're producing right now, every single year at Project Manana, 49.8 million gallons of clean drinking water every year and growing. And so there they were. The mission team was there, and they're ready to go. And I start looking around, and I realize we're missing a translator. There's not a translator. So I immediately get on the phone, and I start to call people. We need one more translator. And as I'm calling people, one after the next say, I can't do it. And while I'm on the phone, my son, who's eight years old at the time, he comes over to me and he starts pulling on my shirt and he says, Poppy, Poppy. And I'm saying, not now, Kyler, not now. Poppy's busy. I'm trying to figure out something. Poppy, Poppy. I said, Poppy's trying to solve the problem. I'm trying to solve a problem. We're speaking in Spanish because we, of course, don't want the Americans to know that something's wrong. And he's pulling on me and pulling on me and pulling on me. And I said, Kyler, go over there and sit down. Poppy's going to solve the situation. Well, guess what? I blew it. By that point, I had raised my voice. By that point, I had thrown my son off to the corner. And of all people who saw me, the team leader. The team leader from the mission team comes over to me and says, is everything okay? And I said, oh, yeah, we're just working through some stuff. By the way, it's 100-degree sun burning down on us. There's dirt roads and dust, and we're sweating, and we're hot. And as the team leader and I are talking, my son comes back over, starts pulling on, his, on my shirt again. Poppy, Poppy. And I said, Kyler, not now. And the team leader stops me, being a much wiser and better Christian than I was, and says, well, do you have something to say? And he says, well, I was just trying to tell my dad that I could be a translator, but he's working on it. He told me so, so I'm going to go sit down over here. You see, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. My son was eight years old, and God was tugging on his heart to serve, to translate. By the way, he translated fantastic that day. And now he's one of the most asked-for translators out of anyone on our team. He's 10 years old now. He does a great job. Matter of fact, he does a better job than his poppy. Here's the deal. All of us are called to serve. All of us are given the gifts and talents. God does not call the qualified. Hear me on this. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Our anxiety, our depression, our fear, our worry is going to become a thing of the past because we are going to bag it up, humble ourselves, and toss it at God's feet. Now, does that mean that we live the rest of the days perfectly? No. You will suffer from time to time. All of us will. But God is right there walking with us. Join me in bagging it up and casting it on God. Friends, I am so glad that I get to be here with you this evening. I would love to talk with you and get to know you more. Encourage you again, get to your application for Uganda or Dominican Republic and come on a mission trip. 
Even if you're a little anxious, come on the mission trip. We would love to see you. Thank you very much. Dios te bendiga, and God bless all of you. Okay? Thank you. Band, you can come back up. I want to finish by saying Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Do not worry. Do not worry. The scripture, as I read it, as the band gets prepared, says this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body or the clothes that you will wear. Isn't life not more important than food and the body not more important than clothes? Jesus himself here is speaking, literally telling you three important words. Do not worry. He's got you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this, don't forget to subscribe and also check out past episodes. For more content from Calvary HSM or to connect with us, visit us on Instagram at calvaryhsm805. Go live and love like Jesus.